You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall, the podcast about starting a business as a midlife career woman. Conversations with friends, reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. Now here's Sherry. Hello, welcome to I Am Sherry Goodall. I am broadcasting live from bright and sunny Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I am super excited because it is Women's History Month. And this woman, my guest today, she's a powerhouse. She's somebody you need to know. Her name is Charlene Burroughs. She is the Vice President of Schoolhouse Excellence. And today, Charlene is going to join me and talk about co-authoring a new Black history textbook, which will be hitting schools across the United States this year. It is called Black History 365, and I can't wait to dive in. Now, you guys, you're going to hear a little bit in this episode because it was recorded during my beating with Sherry, which is a exploration of my new ventures into creativity and Charlene was my guest. I broadcast that live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want to check out the video and see Charlene and watch me making some beaded jewelry, mostly waist beads and bracelets, um, join me by going over to my YouTube channel, which is also I am Sherry Goodall or Facebook, and you can see the episode when it was recorded there. So here you go, enjoy. Meet Charlene Burroughs. This is my good friend, Charlene Burroughs. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you, I'm so glad to be here today. I'm glad to have you. So Charlene and I actually met because we were seminar trainers together, but Charlene has a new project that she's just done. And I was like, you have to be on here with me. This is amazing, um, especially during this time and, and to hear a little bit about what you're doing. So before we jump into that, you know, Charlene, um, while I'm on here, I like to make um, beads, beaded jewelry for people. And I decided I'm going to actually make you a piece of jewelry while we're talking i love it okay thank you all right so um i know you're you're an aka a pink and green lady um and i'm gonna see if i have some pink and green beads that i can make you something like that would that be okay with you oh it's getting better all the time yeah. <laughs> oh them aka ladies love their pink and green all right so tell everybody a little bit about um your new venture like well before we even do that will you give a little background on who you are and what you've done and because you you've accomplished a lot of great things okay as she told you i'm charlene burroughs and i'm a former educator i taught 30 i was an educator for 31 years 22 years in the classroom i've taught kindergarten first grade third grade fifth grade and eighth grade after i retired I stayed retired two months. Can you believe it? And then I went and started working again at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas as a trainer. I stayed with them six years and retired a second time. And that time I stayed retired one full year. Then I started working for SkillPath as one of their trainers. And I that's been an exciting adventure. I've been able to travel and do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise before COVID. 
And now after COVID, I'm doing some other things. I There's a new textbook for high school students. And the textbook is called Black History 365. It is an inclusive look at history. You know, if you look at history very often, we've been left out. Right. Right. And it's an unfortunate thing because if you're a child and you're sitting in American history classes, and I can remember this experience myself, if you like history, you're enjoying what's going on. You get to hear the great things that people are doing. And then you're thinking in the back of your mind, what about my people? Right. Then finally they get to us and we were slaves. <laughs> and then now... In recent years, first we went, we were slaves, and then we went to being in the civil rights movement. Now that's a span of hundreds of years. Right, right. Be before we got here to these shores, we had lives in Africa. We had skills. We had communities. There were things going on in Africa, and so BH three sixty five starts us in Africa, and the high school book goes from Africa all the way to today. One of the last entries was about um, the protests in Minnesota and those other protests that went on in Black Life Matters as well. So all an look at Black history. And I'm going to put information about how to access the site in the chat so anybody who wants to go and look at it can. Oh, wow. And so you're saying the history and about um, the protests with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter movement was one of the last entries into the book? Yes, into the high school wow. textbook. Wow, that's amazing. So Aaron says, good morning, Charlene. Good morning, Aaron. So I'm watching the, uh, the um, stream here and we have people chiming in. I just wanna welcome people again to Beating with Sherry. And my guest today is Charlene Burroughs and she is talking about this new history book that she has written. And let me see if Tracy is still there. Tracy, if you're still there and would like to speak to Charlene, by all means, we invite you to do so. Just uh, unmute your mic and we'll bring you in. All right, so she may not be with us. But Charlene, what where, what is the catalyst? Like what made you start this and what made you want to um, really get into the, doing this? Now let me do some clarification because that's a high school text, hey Tracy, and it's out there now. But I am working on the eighth grade textbook. There's a group of people, we've got two people working on the sixth grade textbook, two people working on seventh grade and two people working on eighth grade. And you may wonder, why do you need separate books? Well, you learn about geography in the world in sixth grade. In our state where I live, the state of Texas, you learn Texas history. In other states, you learn something different as well in seventh grade. And eighth grade is your entry into American history. And so that's the part I'm doing. And as we did, as we started working, we started looking at the explorer, Sherry, because um, did you realize that there were black explorers as well? Christopher no. Columbus, we think, did it all by himself, but he was on the ship with black men. Now, there's some of the history that indicates that they owned his ships and that they had a shipping company. But if you keep searching, you'll find that 
and I'm going to say to everybody in the audience, if you do research and you put it out on the website, please put your references out there so that people can substantiate what you said. So there are people who say that they owned a shipping company. But if you keep digging, what you can substantiate for sure is they owned at least one of the ships. They owned the Nina. And they were the... got to pause right there. Let me make sure I heard you correctly. So we're saying that history, and we could substantiate and prove that history shows that Christopher Columbus was an explorer and there were black explorers who traveled with him. But there, we know that at least two black explorers owned the ship that we learned about in history class called the Nina. Well, yes. And actually it's three. There's the Nino brothers. There's Pedro Alonso, Francisco, and Juan. Pedro Alonso Nino owned the Nina. Nino boy, Nina girl. He owned the Nina and his brother was the navigator. His brother Juan was the navigator on the Nina. Pedro Alonso did not own the Santa Maria, but he was the ship's pilot. Wow. And the other brother, Francisco, was a sailor on the Nina. They were there. So how did you discover this, Charlene? Like, I mean, first of all, I've, I've known that you are a very smart and brilliant and multi-talented woman. But I mean, you have been really doing some homework um, to, to, to get to this point. And then Tracy, I want to um, bring you in too and just, you know, have your feedback, but Charlene, how did you get to the point of actually creating and, and wanting to work on a textbook? Where did that start? Like you didn't just wake up or maybe you did. <laughs> no, I did not just wake up. I, I'm an excellent writer. When I taught my minor in college was English. And okay. so I'm not, patting myself on the back, but I'm an excellent writer. And when the project started, they were looking for people who could write. And so someone came to me and asked me if I would co-author the eighth grade text. And I sat with my co-author and we Zoomed with each other. We talked on the phone and we created an outline for what we wanted in that textbook. And because eighth grade is the entry point into American history, we wanted it to sort of align with the high school textbook. But not cover, but to cover things that weren't necessarily covered in the high school textbook. So that's how I got pulled in. I got pulled in because I'm a strong writer and because I can do the research. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So Tracy, tell us, um, how did you know or find out about Charlene and what do you think about this? First of all, I would like to congratulate Charlene on this accomplishment. This is amazing. And it's so important for our history to be revived, just to be seen through a different set of eyes. Yes. Because as she mentioned before, when I grew up, you know, it like she said, it, it just skipped from slavery straight into the civil rights movement. So there's a lot of gaps. And we only had one month out of the entire school year to really learn about black history. And that, that was it. And in terms of how I met Charlene, Charlene is a Toastmaster with me as well as a sorority sister. And just as a, a, a person and a friend, she's, as, as you can see, very amazing. And so I look forward to reading this book 
as well as many more that she has in the future to come. Uh, what a beautiful friend to jump on and just say, I just want to be here to support my friend who's online and, and talk about this new groundbreaking history book. Um, listen, I might have to go back to history class just to read the book. I mean, Charlene, this is actually amazing um, to have so much of Black American history or African American history compiled into a textbook nonetheless. Um, tell us a little bit more about how that's going to get into the school systems and, you know, like how do, so how do we get from writing a textbook to doing it. And then how much research did you have to do? I know I got lots of questions. Okay. <laughs> now, I will tell you that as far as the eighth grade text, we have gotten through chapter four. We've got 10 chapters to go. How's it going to get in the school? The high school text is getting into schools across the nation. And because it's proprietary information, I can't necessarily tell you exactly where. Sure. But it's getting there and very several of the school districts that have bought the high school text also wanna have the middle school text. And so that's how it's gonna be there. There's a sales team that goes out and promotes. They promote in the United States and Canada and BH365 and is doing very well. Wow, so this, this book will also go to Canada as well. Yes, because if you think about it, when Harriet Tubman took people out of slavery enslavement, they followed the North Star and they ended up in Canada. And so there are African-American communities in Canada that started as a result of Harriet Tubman and people moving to Canada to escape slavery, the institution. So do we know what areas of Canada? I've never heard this before. Is it like, what? do you know what areas? Yes, I do. But I'm going to tell you right now, my mind is forgetting exactly what it is. But tell you what, can I send you information and you can share it with your audience later? I absolutely would love to. I absolutely would love to. And when this actually goes to um, season um, three for my podcast, we'll definitely put it in there as well so that we can put that in there. So hi, Rashawn. Rashawn says, this is very interesting. Rashawn, if you have any questions and anybody watching, I see we have lots of people, a good crowd watching. And if you're watching this on the replay, drop your questions in here, drop your comments. What is this really, really saying for you? I mean, this is amazing. I never knew um, that this was here. And so I'm gonna copy this. Uh, it's blackhistory365education.com. Is that what I'm seeing? Yes, okay. that's where the high school textbook is. Okay, all right. It's a great site. So you guys, I am actually, um, dropping this in here for you all to grab it. You'll see it if you are on the YouTube and we'll go back and add it to the Facebook stream later. So, wow. So Charlene, um, once, so where in Canada do we know that there are black um, African-American communities? Oh, well, let me just look right now. And um, you, said you were going to get back to me. I'm sorry. You did say that. That's all right. And I will tell you, oh, the largest black community in Canada is in Ontario, where there are 627,000 people, and then in Quebec, and then in Alberta. 
Wow. And when people got to Canada after they escaped the United States on the Underground Railroad, they settled mostly in Southern Ontario. Okay, okay. <clears throat> and so what are some of the subjects that you cover in the book? Well, right now, let me tell you a little bit more about the explorers. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you learned American history, you learned about Balboa, didn't you? <clears throat> Balboa su supposedly discovered the Pacific Ocean. He was in Panama. He went to the top of a hill. He knew one ocean was on one side and he saw another ocean that looked entirely different. And it was the Pacific Ocean. That's what we call it now. Now, when Balboa went out on his exploration, he had 30 people who were of color with him, 30 black people with him. And yes, ma'am. And there is one historian who was at Clark University who was doing some research to find out a little bit more about Pedro Alonso Nino. And he said that when Balboa got to Panama, he was greeted by a tribe of black folk. Mm -hmm. And so his joke was, hmm, we may not have been on the boat, which we were, there were 30 of us, but we were sure there to meet it. So not only did he have 30 folk with him, there were black, the first tribe he encountered was black. Now that's Balboa. And if you have ever visited or lived in Texas, Arizona or New Mexico, it was discovered for the, pan the Spaniards who were led by a scout and his name was Esteban. And Esteban was able to get there and help them maneuver and get along well because he could pick up languages really quickly. So not only could he serve as their scout, he could serve as their interpreter. And he had the ability to do some healing. And so he did healing as well. So from the very start, we're there. Oh my goodness, Charlene. This is amazing, amazing. I, you know, it actually takes me back. So, you know, I, I went to Howard for undergrad okay. and I transferred there from a, 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 a PDI and a state PDI and uh, PD, what do you, predominantly white institution, PWI, predominantly white institution. And, um, and Howard was like a, sh a shock, but in a good way for me. Um, I went there, honestly, had never seen or stepped foot on the campus. I just knew that I wanted to be closer to home. I wanted to go to a HBCU. And so after my freshman year, I decided to go there. And um, I took a class called, uh, and you may have heard of this book. Um, it's called Black Women in White America um, by Gerda Lerner. And that was one of our classes. So that was one of my elective classes. And I remember going to class and learning so much that I had not learned in all my years of school. And I don't know, Tracy, maybe you were like this or Charlene. I was one of those kids that if the teacher said it, then hook, line and sinker, I believed it because I loved my teachers. I loved learning. Right. I liked school. Now, I wasn't necessarily an A student, but I really enjoyed learning. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting to Howard and taking this class and I called my father because my father would always try and teach me different things about history that weren't in the books. And at, at that time, I didn't know, understand fully what the term radical meant. So I used to say, Daddy, you're so radical, not knowing that 
radical is actually a good thing, right? And I was just like, oh, you're just so like non-mainstream. I called him from campus, literally from campus crying. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, daddy, I'm so sorry. And I'm so heartbroken because they left us out of the history books. They lied to us and I believed my teachers. And I'm a, I'm a grown college kid, but I'm <laughs> crying because I really, I believed them. And I felt really bad because I, I didn't believe my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really believed him. I hadn't, I hadn't appreciated his depth and wealth of knowledge of history that had been left out of our books. And I believe that our books and our, what our teachers were telling us were, was everything that there was. So how does it feel to be injecting society with the part of us that has been left out? I mean, like, I, I can't even, Charlie, I'm going to have to get a textbook. Like, I need a textbook. We're going to have to do an online, like, you're going to have to do an adult version of this history book because we all need to go back to school at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I will tell you, it feels awesome. One of the many things I do besides Toastmasters, working on a book, I'm also working on a doctorate. And one of my papers that I recently wrote was what is the impact of leaving ancestors out of black history? What's that? How does that impact children? And just like you said, children believe that if the teacher talks about it, it's valid. If the teacher leaves it out, it doesn't matter. And so there has been a long history of leaving us and we're not alone. American Indians, the indigenous folk, yes, Mexican people have been left out of history. So you've got children sitting there getting a Eurocentric view of American history, believing their people played no role. And it's an impact that makes a child feel less than. And that's why your father did his work because parents have to fill it in and make sure that their children are fully knowledgeable of who we are and what we've done. So I feel good about being able to contribute to that body of knowledge. Man, so Rashawn is over here in the chat and she's saying, yes, yes, Rashawn, we are all shouting with you. Oh my gosh. So I don't know, Tracy, what do you you have to say? What are you thinking about all of this? Would you do an adult class? I would. I would absolutely love to. Growing up, I history was like one of my least favorite subjects. <laughs> I'm like a math and science person. And I, I graduated from Loyola University undergrad. And then like you, I wanted to get more. So I went to graduate school at um, Xavier University okay. in New Orleans. And so just that dress, the difference between the culture and just seeing professors and people that look like you in positions of high esteem, being deans and the president, it does make the difference on how you view your world. When you see Mm -hmm. people that look like you, it makes you realize that, oh, this is possible. This is attainable. Yeah. And so I I think it, it, it does that contrast, but we, I think both is needed because we are not an isolated people. It's just that we should be included in the circle of everyone to be able to achieve, you know, to see what is possible. Wait a minute, Tracy, let me do this. This is my my good friend Tara always says this, say it one more time, Tracy, for the people in the back that didn't hear you. 
<laughs> I said that we would like to be included in the, the, the circle, to be at the table, to be able to make the decisions. And that's how you get to be a more humane society because you're including everyone. And so you're getting different perspectives as opposed to just that one perspective when you go into the classroom or if you go into uh, a company and you look on a wall and you see all the previous presidents or if you go into the White House and all you've saw before is a certain stereotype, then that's all you think or you perceive that is possible. But when you start to see people that look like you in those positions, then you think, oh, it is possible. Mm -hmm. It's not a dream. Right. We can achieve these things. Right. And I, I'm just so happy that Charlene is taking on this venture because the older I get, the more I, I said I didn't like history in the beginning when I was growing up as a young child and a part of it because I didn't see a lot of positive things that we had done or accomplished. Mm -hmm. Right. But now the older I get, I'm just excited about history because I want to learn more, more about what things we've done, you know, the the major roles that we played in. And when I it wasn't until I got into college that I realized, you know, uh, one of the um, uh, it was a black man that um, was like one of the first heart surgeons that, you know, helped to make it successful. You know, mm -hmm. um, the movie that they came out with. Um, figure eight, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, the, with the first black, right, female who helped, you know, in um, space. So you just, just those things in terms of accomplishments and, and that's just a few, you know, I had heard of Madam CJ Walker, but as we begin to tell those stories and make them come to life, you know, our future generation, I'm just excited, you know, about the the things, because if you don't know where you've come from, it's hard to see where you're going because you want to be yeah. able to look at, look at the past and use it as an example to move forward. And so I'm, I'm just excited, Charlene, on this journey that you're going on. So I'm here to support you and I'm just excited. Thank you, Tracy. That that is amazing. And Tracy, you said something really um, that struck a chord with me just now um, about not knowing your history. You know, we have Ancestry.com and all these sites that can help you find your relatives and things. And I I personally was doing a search to find my father's side of the family and got to a point when I was last in there, I actually stopped after a while. I got to a point where I couldn't find any more history because we didn't exist in the books. And I was so, it still makes me sad to even say it right now. Like it, it just, it was frustrating. And I was talking to a friend of mine, a, a white girlfriend who's very close friend of mine. And I was saying, you don't know what it's like. Like you can go back and find that your relatives came from Ireland or whatever it is, but you can't, but when you're African-American, we were shown up as a piece of property. So you can't even necessarily identify a name, you know, and those kind of things. And then to be able to say that we can go back to, you know, certain countries, um, we, we can't do that. And you're right, to have this piece of history is so important for us because I, I think history really does create a sense of self-esteem 
Mm -hmm. Like look at our Jewish brothers and sisters, and I deeply admire them for knowing the history and really upholding, you know, tradition with Rosh Hashanah and, and Hanukkah and talking about, you know, the Holocaust. Like they never ever let their history die. They don't, even if they had to create it by word of mouth. So mm -hmm. this is amazing. So we got a comment, you ladies. We got a comment, ladies, from um Sharon over on Facebook. She says your past past you use your past as a springboard and that's so true sharon thank you for that yeah so charlene you're creating a springboard i'm excited about that and i will tell you that one part of the eighth grade textbook we look at what happened in the past but we move to the to the present as well and we have a section called movers and shakers we're still exploring do you know that this time the International Space Station is being commanded by an African-American brother? Really? Yes. Currently? Currently. It's the first time that we have been the one. He drove the little shuttle that took people from Earth up to the space station, and he's the commander on site. Okay, so there are so many firsts that are happening right now that it's, you know, it, it. I wonder where that is in the news. Like, why wasn't that on my six o'clock news? It was, but we take the space program for granted now. You know, it's like we've been out there. It's no big deal. So the fact that there's a first taking place right now hasn't been publicized. But if you look at Black publications. It's there. For instance, he's a Sigma. So he is in the little newsletter that's called Stomp the Yard. Yeah. His fraternity has information about him being out there. So yeah, it's there. You just have to know their highness. You just have to know to look for it. Right. Which is still interesting because as for where we are, I mean, we're in the what 21st century and we're still trying to find information. It's 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 still being hidden. Um, it's like hidden figures, right, Tracy? I mean, they're out there. We just didn't know about it. So Jessica says, "Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Jessica." Good morning, Jessica. And Sharon says, "Great conversation. Thank you." And Rashawn says, "Thank you for sharing." So yeah, this is an amazing conversation, Charlene. You know, you're gonna have to come back, right? And Tracy, I will. You know, there's more book to write. So I'll learn some more as we go. Not only that, Charlene, but let me talk a little bit um, about some of your other ventures, because you are a multifaceted woman, as Tracy has already said. So you also are in Toastmasters. And I am proud to say that I have joined Toastmasters and um, have you as a mentor, and I'm excited about that. Can you talk about Toastmasters and talk a little bit about Toastmasters and your role as well in Toastmasters? Toastmasters, our byline says where leaders are made. Toastmasters is the world's largest communication and leadership development organization. Now, when people think about Toastmasters, they think about people giving speeches and that's just it, or we're giving toasts. But we learn how to organize conferences, organize meetings. We learn how to lead while we're learning to give speeches. So I am in Toastmasters and so is Tracy, a distinguished Toastmaster, which means we have given at least 40 speeches. 
we have done a high performance leadership project, which is a leadership project. We have served our districts. Tracy has been an area director, which means she supervised six clubs and gave them support. And she's also been a div division director, which means she supervised area directors. I did area, I did division, and then I moved up into Toastmasters leadership where I led the district for a year. And presently I'm a region advisor, which means I support five Toastmasters districts that serve over 600 clubs and several thousand people. And wow. it has been the adventure of my Toastmasters life, learning new people, helping them resolve issues, helping them look at goals. It's been a good time. Wow. Wow. And Tracy, how did you come to Toastmasters? Actually, um, through my job, um, I'm in a corporate club. So that's how I joined initially. But then after that, as Charlene said, once you get outside of just your home club mm -hmm. and you venture out into the district level, there's just a whole network of people that you meet in that's how I was able to meet Charlene and then also realized that she was my sorority sister. So it's, it's, it's just been amazing time, just like she said, um, in terms of the leadership, the skills that you get and for such a nominal fee. I mean, you really just can't beat the, the, the networking, the skills that you learn, the relationships that you develop. So I, I think it's it's a really great organization for anyone who's just looking to improve themselves and it's very supportive. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because it does translate into other areas of life and, and really growing and supporting you. Um, I will say this and Charlene, maybe you can um, do it, do a little bit of it. But when we were training, we were doing the women's seminar and we were kind of talking about people. We opened with talking about people that uh, other women may not know about. And the first time I trained with Charlene, I was sitting in the back of the room because she started op the opening session and I was sitting there like this. <laughs> <laughs> And when she finished, Tracy, I was like, you're really good. She told the story, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil it because I love the way she tells the story of telling it. Charlene, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you remember how you tell the story of some of the women that are in there that we talk about in the beginning? I only remember Inklings. I haven't taught that course in a while. I've been teaching other things. Okay. So one thing I did, I remember talking about is a young girl who valued education so much that she just kept going to school, going to school. And she lived in a country where education for women was not valued. And ladies and gentlemen, in 2020, there are still countries where educating women is not something important. And so the leaders of the Taliban told her she needed to quit going to school. They threatened her, but she kept going. So one day the leader of the tribe and her community came and to the school, shot her in the head in an attempt to kill her. Her name is Malaya and, and I, yeah, I think. Malalia. Malalia, thank you, Katoja, it's been a while. And she's the youngest woman to ever receive a Nobel Prize. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
I love the way that you tell these stories and it just draws you in. And that's what made me want to come to Toastmasters, Tracy, because I watched Charlene and I was like, I want to be able to tell stories like that and have people hanging on the edge of the seat. And who is it? And then find out that it's somebody that you've actually heard of. Oh, man, it was amazing. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'm not going to keep you long. I thank you for being here, but I do want to ask you before we go, um, what are some of the other subject areas? I know I had asked about that and I don't think I gave you a chance to answer that. What are some of the other areas or chapters in the book that we can look forward to? We start with explorers, then we move to how Black people contributed to the economy of the South because we were the primary labor force. But before we became the primary labor force, do you realize that and the the citations and the documentation and the history is spotty on this one. Some people say they were slaves. Some people say they were indentured servants. But the first African-Americans on the shores of this country were probably indentured servants and they were in Virginia. And because they were able to do things well, because you know indentured servants, you have a certain amount of time you have to work. They were out there with white indentured servants and people who were observing realized they're not impacted by the sun the way the white indentured servants are. Oh. So um, we probably need to get more of those people here to do the work. And so we did the work by harvesting indigo, cotton, rice, sugar, and a whole economy was based on the work that African-Americans did. But, you know, we came here, we did those things, but we didn't come here without skills because in our countries, we had skills. We'd been running governments. We had been crafting crafting materials that people use for their everyday life. We had skills. And um, fortunately, if the person who purchased and enslaved an African realized that they had skills, they would allow them to use the skills that they had. So, okay, so we look at indentured servants and then we move into the Civil War. We were in the Civil War, but let me get, but go back a little. You know, the American Revolution, we were there too. There was one African-American who was a spy and we put him in with the British forces and they would speak French around him because aristocrats back then spoke French. He spoke French too. And they, they trusted him so much that they would say things around him that you know they didn't think would get out. And he would go right on to the Americans and tell them what was going on. So we were in the war fighting with the, colon the colonists and there were some of us who had been turned away from fighting in the war and fighting for freedom and possibly getting our helping the country grow and become something else. And so since we were turned away, there are also Africans who went and fought with the English. Wow. Yeah, we did. Wow. Because so we fought with our, our country. Yeah. And so we did do that. We look at the Civil War. We look at the Black people who fought in the Civil War and our accomplishments. We look at Reconstruction and we take you from Reconstruction when we had lots of Black senators and congressmen on the national level and on local levels until they started doing laws that kept us from being there. Really? And we, 
Uh -huh. We look at the laws, we look at the growth, and finally we get to the civil rights movement. And we talk about people who were important in the civil rights movement, and we go further and we come to today. And then we drop off because American history has to pick it up. Now, Black history right now is a supplemental course, or if a history teacher's why she can have make she can have that textbook along with the regular American history textbook and put the information in where it belongs. But right now, many districts are using it as a separate course. And because it has been popular, they're going to offer it again next year and more people are signing up for it. One of my great nieces was so excited because she looked at the catalog for next year and she said, oh, they're getting ready to offer a black history course in Frisco, Texas. And so we're moving out there, our children are learning and it will hopefully be a whole different experience of going to a history class for them. Wow, 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 wow. This is amazing. So again, I'm gonna go to our comments. Let's see, so, okay, so Sharon jumped in and said, Victor Glover, he's the NASA astronaut undergrad at her University of Cal Poly, San okay. Luis, how do you say that, Obispo? Oh, San Luis Obispo, uh-huh. Not San, San Luis Obispo, and she says, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and Sherelle jumps in and she says, I love Toastmasters, I belong to two chapters, really helped me with public speaking. And she says, this is awesome. And Rashawn, we see you, we hear you, thank you for joining. She says, I don't wanna leave, but I gotta go back to work and I have enjoyed this, thank you. So thank you for being here with us, Rashawn. This has been amazing. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear more. Charlene, will you come back? I will. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. And Tracy, please, by all means, you know, we always love having good girlfriends around, so. You are more than welcome to jump back in with us as well. Um, and I Thank really you. look forward to it. Charlene, um, I, I like to, well, first of all, so while, while you were talking, I created your bracelet. I made your bracelet. I don't know. They tell me the color from the camera that I use on this computer isn't that great. So hopefully you can see it. But it is pink and green. And it's got a pearl in the middle. Oh, goodness. So there you go. That's your bracelet. Thank you. And I will get your mailing information and get that to you in the mail. Now, I don't know. I hear that. Well, I know for a fact the postal mail has been kind of slow. My mother sent me a card for Christmas. I think she said she mailed it on the 5th of December and one on the 11th. And I still have not received it. So good <laughs> luck. We may or may not. <laughs> so hopefully you'll get it. But um, we'll put some tracking on it. And Sherelle says, this was a great segment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherelle. And uh, thank you guys for sharing this. If Even if you're watching it on the replay and, and ladies, you know, you want to like, comment and share because that's how we get more traction on Facebook and YouTube and um, exposure. And this is something that people need to know. This is important information for sure. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being here. Um, I like to end with a segment that I call empowerment cards. So will you give me just a moment because I left them across the room there and I like to um, leave with some positivity. So I'm gonna grab those and just close out with a few more questions for you. Would that be okay? That would be great. Okay, let me grab them.
Thank you, Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. I am here for you. And thank you, Sherry, for hosting this. Oh, absolutely. L listen, I'm so excited to have you ladies here and to have our guests. And this has been, a, as they said, a great segment. It, it, it really is. So um, this will go on to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast, as I said, for the third season. And we are in the midst of recording that season now. So um, it'll come out mid-January. The new season will start then, and then it'll go um, until November. So um, I'm pretty sure, Charlene, that you, this segment will air um, in February, because I feel like that's where, since right, Tracy, since that's the month we got that everybody knows about. But we know that Black history is all the time, right? All the time. I like to ask my guests a couple of questions. I call it the hot seat. So I hope you guys are ready, but these are fun questions, so don't be worried, okay? So I'm gonna ask both of you. All right, uh, sneakers or stilettos? Stilettos. Yes, black <laughs> kind of ladies, yes. Okay, beach or the mountains? Beach. The beach. The beach. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I knew we were good girlfriends. <laughs> All right. Uh, last last great book or movie that you read or saw? Hmm. I just saw the one that, uh, oh, what is it? Um, hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm bad with names of movies. What was um, it about? It was um, the one by Shonda Rhimes. Oh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton, yes. Oh, somebody yeah. just it's, it's, it's on Netflix. Yes. Someone just mentioned that to me yesterday. And I was like, oh, I need to go watch that. And I saw it on Netflix. I didn't know it was Shonda Rhimes. Okay. Charlene, what about you? Bridgerton is what I would say too. And I'm going to tell you about Bridgerton as well. They've got the queen on Bridgerton and she's an African English woman. And people would say, I, we've never had an African English Queen, her name is Charlotte. Do the research. Look for Queen Charlotte. Now, of course, since we were written out of history books, they're not going to say she had an African background because I went that far. But look at the pictures of her. Look at the pictures of the real Charlotte. That woman's black. Wow. She's black, but she's black. Wow. That, wow. that, that, that is amazing because I was, as I was looking at it, I, I didn't know if it was based on a true story or if it was just, you know, fictional, but just giving us a different aspect of, you know, Blacks in society, you know, way back in the turn of the century. Um, but that's interesting, Charlene, that you, you know, went further and did the research to find out that that, that, really, that she really was, a, a, you know, of African descent. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, it is fictionalized, but they threw that queen in there and it's like, uh-huh. Yeah, she's black. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, someone just recommended that show to me yesterday um, because I am so in love with The Crown. I love The Crown. I I, I've been watching that too. <laughs> and I, I, I was saying like the first episode, I looked at it and I was like, this is getting kind of dry. But, uh, you know, I just stuck in there with it and just realized this is a really, really good show. So somebody um, that I met, a woman at the store, she was like, well, if you like that, you're going to love Bridgerton. She said, I haven't started watching the new season of The Crown because I'm binge watching Bridgerton. And she said, the costumes are fabulous. 
and Beautiful. the storyline. Well, I'm going to have to watch it. Now, Charlene, is that your last book or movie as well? That's the last one that I can remember. Okay. All right. And so um, with that, I'm going to go ahead. I've pulled our empowerment card. Again, I want to thank you ladies for being on the show. And um, Charlene, how can people get in touch with you or if they want to learn more about it, where do they go? Okay. My name, Charlene Burroughs at schoolhouseexcellence.com. Okay. And how do you spell Burroughs? B-U-R-R-O-U-G-H-S. Awesome. Awesome. So I've been shuffling cards while we were talking and I pulled our card for the day and I love this card. So this comes from the empowerment card deck by Tavis Smiley. And this is our card. It says, find solace in solitude. So the message says, take time for silence. Turn off the television, radio, and telephone. Escape your family and friends. Sit in silence, just you, with you. And the, the artwork is stunning. I love the artwork on these cards. So I don't know, and that's the back of it. But this is beautiful. And I think that is a good place for us to close, to just sit and be with yourself, be one with yourself, spend time with yourself and just reflect. And this conversation has certainly given us a lot to reflect on. So thank you ladies so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Sherry. Thank you so much. This has been fun. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. And for everybody that's tuned in, I'm back here tomorrow, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. or close to it, <laughs> beating with Sherry. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Hold on. Thank you so much for listening to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. You can follow me on all social media at I Am Sherry Goodall, as well as meet me over on Clubhouse. And I would love for you to go ahead and click the subscribe button if you haven't already. Share this podcast with at least five of your friends and leave me a review so that I know what you love and what you're listening to the most. And If you want to drop me a voice recording here on the Anchor platform, be sure to leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. All right. And if you'd like to contribute to helping me to continue to make great content, please feel free to send me a cash app at dollar sign Sherry Goodall.